I look real good today. <laughs> oh, good morning. The bestest of mornings to you all. We're coming at you around 7 a.m. on a Saturday morning. Woo! Yeehaw. Uh, welcome, guys. Welcome back to LCC's Pursuit of Purpose. I am Nate, joined here today with... Kevin Sookie. Hello, hello. And he looks real good today. I look real good today. <laughs> All right. So uh, we've been we've been listening to rap. We this have been morning. listening to the rap music while we were getting ready for the show. Yeah, we have to. It's seven in the morning on a Saturday, man. <laughs> a lot Give of coffee, a, a lot of rap music. We don't know what's gonna what's gonna be said today. What's gonna pop off? It's gonna be popping. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So, guys, we, uh, we're back after a couple weeks here. Um, we are on episode 59, Kevin. Ooh. We're inching closer and closer to that 100 mark. I mean, it's going to happen at some point. At some point. So. It's inevitable. Inevitable. <laughs> All right. So, guys, we're, uh, we're going to talk about, uh, well, Kevin, you just give us a brief kind of synopsis and what we're going to get into today. We'll get into some news and stuff like that beforehand. Just give us a little peek, though. Yeah. Um, you know, the I was talking to I was talking to Nate and Cody um, this week, and the, the thing that I, I said keeps coming up is this idea of, of, a, of control that we try to maintain in our lives that really is a facade and and really weakens us but something that we cling to and and really you know if if we're not careful buries us and and makes us feel you know incompetent insignificant and and when we when we lean into rather what god has for us and 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 you know submitting to his power and authority and you know staying in our own lane of of what has laid before us in our life to our gifting. There's so much more peace and, and, and joy in that. And so I just, I guess I just want to talk a little bit about that, uh, this morning and just kind of see there where that leads us. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, I think that's a great, great topic for, uh, for what we're going through in today's world. Absolutely. Um, so before we get to that, let's talk about what's going on in today's world. We got a couple news topics for you. Uh, I mean, we have to start with this, Kevin. We we have to. I know we have some people out of our six people that watch this or listen to it that <laughs> don't care about sports, but, you know, it's the biggest stage. It happens tomorrow. The Super Bowl. The Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean... What's, what's your prediction? Give me a score prediction, Kevin. I know you don't want to. I know you don't <laughs> want to be put on the spot. Give me a score prediction right now. You know what? I... you. It's scary to me because, like, there's this narrative going around that, like, hey, you know, little brother, the Bengals, you know, they're going to win, but the Rams are too good. Like, it's 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 a, this weird narrative. Like, the Rams are stacked, the Rams are loaded, but the Bengals, you know, because of Joe Burrow, Superman himself. I mean, they, I mean, I mean, they have labeled this guy. They have. That's all they're talking about. And yeah. if if you know the NFL, NFL, like this has been so. It's been so funny for me as a Bengals fan this year. Like the the Bengals go out and stomp some good team this mm-hmm. year, and then it's like for a week they're like 
they're the heroes. But then, like, they lose to the Jets. Well, well, yeah, but or or they just fall off the map. You know, they might right. win the next game, but it doesn't matter. They didn't beat Kansas City, and so they stop talking about them, and nobody even's considering them for anything. And you know, I, so it, the NFL's, it, you know, who's hot now? Like, you got to just kind of throw that all out. I I think, you know, both these teams have a lot of motivation to go out and win this game. I think they both, you know, are are have some really neat stories. The Matthew Stafford thing, being in Detroit his whole life, you know, kind of wanting to do what Joe Burrow has done in Cincinnati. I mean, essentially is what mm-hmm. he wanted to do in Detroit and didn't get it done. Now goes in his first year at the Rams. That guy is, I mean, you knew he was good, but he was always behind a, a tough line. Right. He, there was always things stacked against him in Detroit. That guy is sick like he's really good quarterback yeah and Um, and he hung around the detroit lions probably way longer than what most people oh absolutely absolutely (laughs) Uh, yeah Yeah. gotta respect him for that yeah absolutely absolutely. and i think what did they say somebody was saying uh, i heard a, a news guy say detroit wins the super bowl they got you know they're celebrating with Matthew Stafford and Eminem's halftime show. <laughs> so, which the uh, halftime show? I think I'm I'm pretty pumped about. Yeah, I mean, look, man, if nothing but a G thing, baby, comes on. Yeah, uh, I mean, ooh, I'll be dancing. Me too. I'll be doing the burrow guns with the cigars. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I, I that's gotta, when I leave. I think McPherson hits. Uh, uh, field goal to win it. 20, 26, 23. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Okay, okay. Hundred to nothing. Bengals how, win. <laughs> how awesome would overtime be, though? Oh, oh, especially how this year's playoffs have have gone. Oh. I'm I'm glad it's happening now because I think if if we were celebrating this in five years I probably would be dead of a heart attack already. Yeah, yeah, it's been pretty cool to watch, man. I oh mean, my goodness, you know, and I'm I'm an Eagles fan. Yeah, I know, but it's been fly, still Eagles, been awesome. Fly. Yeah, that's right, E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. But it's still been really cool to watch because you know Joe Burrow, Southern Ohio boy, Joe Burr. I can't do that. I'm not gonna try. But you know, Southern Ohio boy grew up in Athens County. You know, poorest county in all all of Ohio. Like, I just, I love the story there, man. I love the comeback story, you know, having to leave Ohio State, win a thing at LSU, get his ACL torn, takes the team to super, gosh, man. Did you watch that video of of his comeback and all that? They have an extended video. I I think I've seen, I just never got to watching it. It's pretty good. I was in tears yesterday. I I was working on my sermon yesterday and, you know, I just got to every once in a while just take a break and. I'll, I'll go through some stuff and I uh they I was on one of the Bengals sites and one of the things that came up was a like a bunch of these videos of fans during the AFC championship game you know when McPherson's kicking the field goal and like I I was one of those I mean but like we're the, like just hysterically bawling their eyes out oh my gosh dude yeah. I I just started crying all over again like yeah it is, honestly, you don't realize how wrapped up you get in in that. Like, just right. this team is your team. I mean, yeah. they've been my team since 2000. And, like, I mean, 
the emotional roller coaster. You ask my wife. I, I don't like watching. My mother and father-in-law came over for one of the games, and I told them, I said, you've, you've been around me a lot. You've never been around me for a Bengals game. Like, you just, it's yeah. different. Like, it's just different. Like, just understand. My dad, my dad at the <laughs> AFC Championship games, like, listen, Emma, if that game goes anything like the AFC Championship game does, he goes, your husband's not going to survive. Like, <laughs> he's going to have a heart attack. <laughs> well, I mean, without running the risk of, of talking about this the whole time, um, I, I did think it was really cool because I've been to a Bengals playoff game before, but the one that we went to where they actually won one, it was just awesome, man. Oh, like, after the game, like, just strangers high-fiving each other, hugging each other, like, just the emotions that come out yeah. from sports. I, I love it, man. I know there, there's a lot of cliches there, but, like, I love it. Yeah. It is. It's neat. It's I a mean, beautiful thing, man. It is. And my mother-in-law went down to um, Cincinnati. They had a bunch of shops set up. This group travels. They're from Nashville. They travel all over the place. Whoever Super Bowl team winners, they go to their city. They set up a bunch of booths. They make a bunch of T-shirts and and um and and do that whole thing. And they said we've been to a ton of cities. We've never experienced anything like that. Your fa- your people are crazy, good yeah. crazy. That's yeah. what they said. Yeah, so I believe it's. It, man. I mean, it's so neat. And did did you hear about the post the LSU person put? Said they said. Enjoy this. It'll never be the same. The expectations. Oh, oh yeah. That you'll have after this year. It'll never be the same. Makes so enjoy total sense. this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I and I am like Absolutely. I'm just I'm in all. I'm 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 in, I'm I'm shell shocked. Yep. To use a Ninja Turtles quote. <laughs> Sports certainly binds us together. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody sent me a um an email this this week, and they're like. They're like, you know, that that old thing, hey, church should be more like this, you know, the commitment and yeah. and and the dumping Gatorade when the preacher says something good. <laughs> he said, get ready, it's coming. <laughs> we should do that on Sunday. <laughs> what a great idea. So I Can we do it before good. your sermon? Absolutely. Yeah, let's do it. All right, we better better get off this topic. One more thing, big rabbit hole. One more thing. Okay, I've wore one more this thing. under every shirt this week. Have you washed that that bing nope. that boom, boomer assizing nope. shirt? It's my boom time. My boom time shirt. He's laying the boom, and I have not washed this shirt all week. It's been under my. Yeah. I was wondering what that smell was. I, yeah, I got one more day. I got to wear it tomorrow, and then it. No, yes. Tomorrow's tomorrow the day. Yes. is the day of reckoning. <sighs> I'm starting to... <laughs> I'm all right, all right. Moving on to uh, Russia-Ukraine. Kevin, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, what a great segue there. I mean, you know. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, Kevin, what are your thoughts on this, man? Um, just for those of you who don't know, I mean... This is a big world news event. We got the Olympics going on, but it seems like this overshadows it a little bit. Um, and it's kind of, I guess, ironic that there's a threat of an invasion of another country when the Olympics are going on. But anyway, uh, Russia has is threatening to invade Ukraine, um, even though they're denying it. So uh, there's obviously big world implications there, as we seem like we're allied either on this side or that side. Uh, so my question know. is: Is it really ironic? 
because do you think Russia didn't know that because of the Olympics, because of the Olympics, because of the focus of all the attention, you know, on national things? Hey, listen, we do this thing. We do it now. We get all the cameras over here. Everybody's focused, you know, on national things because of the Olympics. It becomes bigger news. Hey, we're here. We're not really going to invade. We're we're after something. You know, we're after. You know, this is a, a huge nation with a huge populace surrounded by enemies on every side. You know what I'm saying? And and so like. I just there's an agenda here and I think we saw they got what they wanted. You know, China came out and said, Hey, we're with them, you know, and and so mm-hmm. I, I don't know. In my opinion, I don't think anything's gonna happen from it. I think they got what they wanted. This is posturing, you know, it's yep. it's hey, don't forget us, it's look at me, it's you know look at all my tanks. Yeah. 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 Look at my toys. <laughs> They're better than yours. <laughs> Look at my friend. <laughs> oh, definitely going to keep that recording. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, did you did you let me ask you this in 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 other news, uh not that I'm like the story guy, but I thought this was this was so funny. Did did you watch the men's halfpipe? I watched a little bit of it. Did you see that Japanese guys run? Uh, not that I recall. No, dude, watch it. Halfpipe, like, has changed forever. It what, was. What, what did he do? I forget what they call it. I, you know, they've got all these crazy names. Inverted 1400. Yeah, yeah. So they've got all these names and they're calling them out while they're doing these things. I'm like, I can't decide. That looks exactly like the other one. Like, the I have. 720 looks exactly like the 1400. What are you. What? <laughs> but this guy's. I mean, I could. I'm. I'm. I, I know nothing about half pipe except for they twirl and flip and land. That's sure. it. Okay. It was the most incredible thing that I've ever seen in my life. But here, here's the, here's the, uh, here's the kicker. Okay, his first run was perfect. He did the the announcer said the tr- the one of the one of the things that he did. No one has ever done it ever. Okay, and he did it cleanly. It is the most. He said it's the most difficult trick that you can do on the half pipe. Whoever the announcer and he's. He'd been in half pipe his whole life and has announced it ever since. Like he he knows it. They gave him a score less than the Australian guy. This announcer went nuts. No kidding. He what, said what? he said they have lost Is it NBC. Uh, I can't remember. I can't remember. It, man, I can't remember the guy's name. I probably have it. I searched it on my computer because they've took taken down a bunch of the videos because this guy just blasts. He says. He says the judges have lost all credibility. Nothing they do from this point on should be considered valid because that run is the greatest run that I've ever seen in my life, and I've been doing this a long, long time. And they scored him. It was like a ninety-one something. It was just under the Australian score. He said this is a travesty. He talked about it. Then commercial break comes back. He's still ranting. Yeah. Okay. So this guy comes out. Again, the next this Japanese guy comes out the next time, puts down a run even harder 
Yes, dude. And cleaner. It was unbelievable. He got a 96, won gold. But he should have won gold on a second round. Gold was his on a second round, but they gave him a crappy score for some reason. It was, he's like, the judges have a chance here to make up for a huge mistake. Let's see what they do. Like, it was, he was blasting them. Like, just, oh, man. But now then I went to look. And on so Twitter wait, how, and does, stuff, how did Sean White do? No, I mean, it was his last year. You know, I mean, he's the old man of the sport. He was there like Tony Hawk was the last year that he did sure. anything. You know what I'm saying? It yeah. was like that. And and I think he wrecked on his last run. Like, he got a couple. He got one in the high 70s and one in the low 80s, a score in the low 80s. So he wasn't even close to contention. Gotcha. Oh, maybe. Nope. I take that back. He got fourth place. He he was one out of metal contention. I, I yes, yeah. I'm sorry, I was wrong. So he was up there, but just I mean he wasn't. This Kim, the, I, I take fourth place at the Olympics. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this kid, I, I mean, no one will beat this kid for years. Like when yeah. I mean this, he is he. The mantle has been passed. I, whoever this kid is, I'll I'm to look him you. up. He's I'll sick. Look him up. I'm sorry. More. Sp- Excuse me, more sports, but it's Olympics. I mean, we all kind of get in the Olympics. Like, it's fair. Absolutely. So everybody back, back to Russia and Ukraine now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I I love the Olympics. I I mean, I don't watch the Winter Olympics as much as I do the summer, but still love them. Yeah. It's great to great to watch them. Um, okay, so we've talked enough about sports. Yes, we have. Yeah, I mean, again, we could do it all day, but here we go. We could do a sports podcast. I mean, I I feel like you know we have a lot of really important remarks for the sporting world. I mean, absolutely. We could go big with this, but we decide to focus our attention on the Lord. Yes. As as need be. As <laughs> as we probably should. Yes, we should. <laughs> I know our wives would say that. Yes. Yes. Uh so Kevin, um before we get into the facade of control topic, um can you give us just a real brief uh, rundown on your sermon from. Do last you week. remember the sermon? I, I'm kind of yeah, putting you on the spot. It's about uh, about praying your fear away. Yeah. And um, there was one point you made that you know you don't make that good of points usually, but I really, <laughs> I really like this point was to refocus your glory. Um, because you know, like you made a good point of. You know, when we when we invest all of our attention and effort and money into one thing and that one thing starts to disappoint us, that's when anxiety comes in and, yeah. and fear come becomes anxiety, right? Because you said you said it yourself, fear's not a bad thing. Fear's not a bad that's thing. That's when fear turns into anxiety. That's when it gets out of control. Yeah. So I thought, you know, just the point of refocusing your glory. What are you putting your glory into? Yeah. yeah. Um, where's that gonna t- I, I thought that was, you know. That was my takeaway from it. Well, and that that is it. I mean, you know, you, that's the synopsis. Uh, so it, that's good that that's what you got because that would be that would be the main thing is you know, hey, fear is not bad. Fear can be good. Fear can motivate us. Um, anxiety is bad. Anxiety is that that you know, if you take it if you take it like a a you know one of them financial charts, right? Up and down, right? Oh yeah. The fear is like a spike up and then down. Okay, it's not bad to be in. In, in that state of just ah, for, for just a short time. Anxiety is just like if you take that and you just put it like four or five notches up and you just it's a steady hum of a 
you know, of a state. So it's it's something, and and the problem with anxiety is we don't even know what is creating it. You know, a lot of times we can't identify it, and so what it what it does is that emotional state that we're in, that mental state we're in, absolutely devastates our insides. It begins to chew us up physically from the inside out. Um, and so it's detrimental to, to our health. And, you know, a lot of people who live in that state are going to find themselves in, in, in very terrible health conditions, you know, uh, in the long run. And so it doesn't just eat us up emotionally and mentally, it eats us up physically and, and, and paralyzes us to actually act rather than like fear forces us to move and go and do something, you know? Um, and so, just like you said, the most important thing that we can do, you know, is is to put our faith and trust in something greater than, and the only thing greater than is God, and the only thing that truly provides, you know, um, relief, forgiveness, you know, freedom is the fact that Jesus died for us, and when that becomes the ultimate thing, then everything else falls into place. And that, Amen. That's Amen. my that's the sermon every week though. You know what I'm saying? Right. It should be. It should that should be where it, oh, everything goes. Okay. How do you deal with how do you deal with things that we're gonna we're gonna talk about? How do you deal with guilt? I, I, let me t- let me give you the the ending of the book. The ending of the book is the same thing that you do with fear. <laughs> you know, you approach yeah. it differently. You know, but 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 it is a constant. You know, we're we're going to talk about control. You know what the answer to dealing with control is? It's the same thing. It's it's putting Christ in in His rightful spot, and it's so simple and it's so easy. But I will I, the rest of my life as a preacher. Every sermon that I preach will end with that. Every one, because you, that's the only thing that really matters. Like everything else, it's gospel centered. It's Jesus centered. It's it's not getting caught up in in doing all the right things or knowing all the right things. No, at the end of the day, it's it's learning, immersing, understanding Jesus, and being more like Him every day. That's it. It's no more complicated than that. And uh, go ahead. You were going to say something. Well, no, I, I, I was just going to say, um, I was talking with one of the guidance counselors at school the, the other day, and it was National Guidance Counselor Week last what? week. Yeah. So, uh, you know, throw it up for the guidance counselors up there. Wow. So. Uh, my mom is a guidance counselor. Absolutely. Counselor. I thought you might like to hear that. Did you wish her happy National Guidance Counselor Week? I did not realize that it was... I wish that you would have given me a little money. How did you know that? Because I was talking with one of the, the guidance counselors, <laughs> and she told me. She said, hey, Nate, did you remember it's National Guidance Counselor Week? Why, well, of yes, course I, I did. did. <laughs> High five. I was actually, I, you cut me off. I was going to say something. <laughs> so anyway, um, I, I was just talking with her, and you know, she, we were just, we, we kind of got down a rabbit hole, and she was telling me that, you know, um, anxiety has just been a huge, huge issue in in school, not just in our school, but in every school for the past two years. That, Guidance counselors, you know, they went from handling trying to get high school seniors into college and trade schools to essentially becoming social workers and, you know, people, people just to, for, for kids to come and talk to. They said 20% of all students in high school now 
have some sort of mental or emotional disorder that leads to some sort of anxiety. And that's what's causing... Well, what I would say is probably that anxiety is already there. Right. That's leading to the other thing. That I think they need to switch their, their data there. I mean, you know, from, yeah. from... You know what I'm saying? I'm just... From a spiritual standpoint. Right. They're not looking at it from that. That's right. Right. It, 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 it goes back... It goes to all these things that I say. Like, you know, you, you think about science. What if science based its... Its... Its when it makes these hypotheses of, you know, what, how did the, how did the world, how was the world created? How did these things come about? What if it started with creation? The world was perfect. Everything was good. Now we're on like a, a, we're a breaking down of because of sin. And what if it started there? What is, what would it look like if somebody started there scientifically and then went, okay, so the same thing, mental illness. Okay. What if we start with, this is the way it's supposed to be. And breakdown happens when this is not the case. I mean, what? It, how much easier would it be for people to diagnose and deal with like these things? Now, again, there's very, there's brilliant, intelligent people that that are making incredible discoveries in these fields and helping people. So I'm not trying to take away from that. I'm just saying, <clears throat> you know, what if we actually took it from the place that we should take it? You know, starting with God. You know, how much easier would it be to like deal with some of these problems? I, I mean, it at least gives you a starting point. That's right, right, right. <laughs> Absolutely, the best starting point you can get. So, yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, it kind of turned into a depressing conversation. It went from "Hey, Happy National Guidance Counselors Week" to "Oh, yeah, we got a problem." Yeah. and uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> spiritual guidance can be given um, to not only guidance counselors, but you know, for for parents to help counsel the kids that might be having those problems. So I don't know, just, you know, quick aside there, but I can tell you, um, you know, I mean, this goes along with our topic because we're talking about control, you know, we're talking about, you know, this, this idea that, I mean, and you think about what kids are told. I mean, let's just, let's just dive in since we're here. Sure. Um, kids are told you can be whatever you want. Oh, but by the way, I, I expect you to be this. Now, I, I think it's good to challenge. I challenge my... Can, can you elaborate on that? Yes, I will okay. elaborate. Okay. okay. <clears throat> so, you know, ki- growing up, what is the thing that they always say? The thing that they always say is you can be whatever you want to be. If like, you if you work hard enough. Right. If you go after it, if you if you put in the time and the energy. Now, Joe Burrow is... I mean, that's what they're celebrating this week. Look at this kid. Look at what he did. He never gave up. He always had this mentality of I'm going to work harder. He didn't show. Did you did you see the thing? I talked to my daughter about this cuz Tiffany Morrow posted sent me a sent me a text. She goes, "Did you see what Joe Burrow said about social media?" And work I work in silence. Yeah. He said work in silence. He says, you don't have to tell everybody what you're doing because what's going to happen is you're going to tell them one day you're doing something, the yeah, next day you're not. Days you're going to be sitting on your butt. You're going to sit on your butt and they're going to think you're still working really hard and you're not. You're sitting at home. He said, you, nobody needs to know that. <clears throat> right. You know, go do the work. Put the time in. And then I watched that video of him rehabbing and he wanted nothing out there. He wanted no one to know what he was doing. And these trainers and everybody that was helping him get back were saying, hey, you can take a day off. You can break. He's like, no, I'm here. Let's go. Y- you know. And we love that, man. Well, you like, should. We love that attitude. You should. Yeah, you should. Absolutely. because Because that is not the way that it is for most of us. Right. And I'm not saying, again, let's, I'm not, don't beat yourself up if you're not Joe Burrow. That guy is a different, different. 
Like, he just is. He's an inspiration, and he should be. <clears throat> but this is the thing that I've been really leaning into lately is, you know, with the church. You know, we're working on this 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 vision um, of what we're going to be going after the next three years. We're about to unveil that here in just a few weeks. I'm excited about this. You know, the whole team, the leadership team is behind this. We've been really just working together to come up with a plan about how we want to unveil this and, and how we want to go after this and how we, you can get involved. And I'm like, I am so all about it. You know, the, the farm is going through some transition and some good things going on. The family, you know, things are going on there with the kids and my wife, wife. And the thing that I heard somebody say, and I can't, man, I wish I could give them credit for this because it just, it's been really challenging and and really motivating to me was the guy said, move the dial forward every day, move the dial forward. So with this vision and trying to accomplish that and trying to set that up with this podcast, with my, with my family, with my wife, with my farm, with, with the thing, everything, just take the dial and just every day, oh, it was it was a conversation I had with Greg Abbott, is who it was, you know. But he was talking about just some things that God's been revealing to him, and and we need to get that guy back on here. I like that guy, <laughs> but um, uh, he he was just talking about like just this mentality of hey, like I just need to take and move the dial a little bit forward. And, and I've been doing that every day ever since then. And it's kept me more focused. It's kept me more vote motivated. So, you know, don't beat yourself up if you're not Joe Burrow. What, what we're saying is, like, there are things that you can control and there are things that you can't. Counseling 101 says, hey, listen, we get so caught up in all these things that we cannot control that, that incapacitate us because there's nothing we can do about it. And so we look at him. You know, it's it's like anxiety, right? Like you can't do anything about it if you can't identify what the problem is. You know, and, and you can't do anything um, about control if you if you don't know if, if there's nothing you can do about it. Like there are just certain things. Like when it comes to like world events, like you can pray about it. You can write letters to your senators and and those people that you know have to listen to you because you know they're there. Your governors, things that you can you can do that. But then what can you do? You're not Joe Biden. You cannot dictate, you know, the terms of these different things. You're not a world leader. And so you have you can't control that. And so you can you can see it, you can understand it, you can try to philosophize about it, you can you can do all these things, but at the end of the day, there's nothing you can do about it. And so it needs to be something that you put out of the way. It can't be something that you allow to to dictate your life any more than that. You can't live in fear of that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um and so it's counseling one on one. You can you can only control what you can control. And everything else needs to be kind of put to the side to a degree. Not that we don't try to have a cerebral understanding of of these things, you know, to 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 just right. have an idea of what they do and how they work. But but you can't do anything about it. So, so why are you so worked up and worried about it? There's no, there's no reason to do that. Yeah. They, uh, <clears throat> I, I feel like, you know, growing up and, and being educated to, to one day become a teacher, like it was all about, okay, you're never going to control your classroom, but how can you manage it? Right. Mm. How can you manage your classroom? You can't control the fact that a kid might come in one day and his dad just 
passed away or you can't control the fact that this kid broke or got broken up with by his girlfriend and you know he's in a, a ticked off mood you know you can't control those things how do you properly manage them though um so i mean and that's that's every teacher that has to to deal with that but thankfully i mean i don't feel like on a daily basis i'm put in those situations where i have to you know try to counsel a whole lot of kids there but i mean i know as 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 a teacher i don't but as a coach you know there have been a lot of times where I've had to, um, you know, take a kid aside and just say, Hey, like, look, I, I know you're, I know you're ticked off about this, or I know you're sad about this, but can you help it? Can, can you help the fact that your girlfriend just broke up with you? Can you help the fact that, um, you know, maybe your, your cousin's in the hospital? You can in ways, but you know, it, it's, it's your approach. It's the way you approach it. Yeah. So, Yeah. Yeah, and that's you know that's that's really big because well it goes back to you know before the election you know it, I was on the I was on the news just all the time just I had you know I I don't I don't listen to a lot of news but like it was every night I'm listening to it I'm listening to the debates I'm I'm trying to understand because. There, I had a part in that. I was going to be voting. Mm-hmm. I wanted to make an educated decision. I wanted to know As what I was should. up against. Yeah. As soon as that was over, I turned it off. You know, because I was, at that point, the decision's been made. Um, there's nothing that can be done, you know, at that point. And people still try to do stuff. You know, people were still, and I don't necessarily agree with that. Not that they shouldn't have been there protesting if they felt a certain way, but you know what happened at at the at the Capitol was is not okay. It's not acceptable. It's you know, it's it's something that we as a nation should not approve of. You know, will there possibly come a time when you know we need to stand up for what's right and justice? Yes, but not for the sake of some some guy you know Mm -hmm. because it's right and moral and true and good you know and and i think you know that's we we have control over how we react to that we have control over you know how we live in that and how we accept that and but i you know let's take it further you know you talk about anxiety you talk about some of these some of these emotional things that are going on, some of these mental things that are that are happening in our lives, and and the reality is, like even in your in your home with your spouse, you know, when they have a bad day or when they're when they're when when things are crappy, like you can encourage and love them, but at the end of the day, like you can't control how they process and deal with that thing. Right. When it comes to your kids, like we have a lot more influence now because our children are younger. But as they get older, you know how many parents I'm talking to right now who they have adult kids who are making decisions that they're not okay with and and the reality is like they have no control. Right. I, I have a lot of influence. I have a lot of control still, you know. My, my hand is a paddle and I use it often, you know, to, <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> to try to keep those kids in line. But as they get older. There will come a time. As they grow, as their personality grows, as as they as they become more individual in their thinking and in the way that they're going to lead and live their life, I will lose a little bit of control all along. Now, and and here's what happens: like we have to go through this 
phase of, you know, we're going to lose control and that kid is going to feel in more in control, but then they're going to come to a place where they're trying to control things that they shouldn't. And parents do that and they ruin the relationship they have with their kids. Spouses do that and they ruin the relationship they have with their spouse. You know, friends do that and they ruin the relationship they have with their friend. You know, uh, employers, employees do that. And when they do that, like, it creates huge issues in the workplace. Like, bad. Micromanagers, you know, and just think how ugly and nasty and terrible that can be. You know, it just, all those negative things. And, and so it is, it's living in your lane, living in your gifting you know, embracing that. And seasons, we're going to have to do more, but but we're not going to find true health, you know, if we don't, if we don't understand that concept that we're not, we're not in control of everything. We just aren't. Well, I mean, I think our, I think our society for a very long time, you know, we've overemphasized the idea of control. You know, I mean, you, you think back to like, so I, I think back to like old cowboy westerns, right? Like you have like John Wayne, like John Wayne, Clint Eastwood, like those guys were always in control. And those were the guys that whole generations looked up to and were like, man, I want to be just like that guy because he's got his stuff together. Wow. He just walks a certain way, he talks a certain way. People respect him. He doesn't have to do anything. They just look at him and they respect him. They know he's, he's awesome. He'll kill you if you look at him wrong. Like they just know, right? Like. But whole generations of people have have tried to replicate that and failed miserably. Yeah, wow. and I didn't think about that. I I think our society and just I just think we've overemphasized self control for a very long time, and we've given this false image, this false impression of what control looks like and how we should approach it and how we should achieve it and what well, you know that kind of thing. Absolutely, it's it's. You're a failure if you don't have it all together. Mm-hmm. And that's just that's just not fair. You know, I mean, you we have to take into consideration the variety of ways that all of us have grown up. You know, I mean, your situation is one of, hey, listen, like, you know, your biological dad was not in your life, you know, and, and then, um, you know, going up, you know, through the through that and 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 the things that you face, the adversity. Mine was, you know, my parents got married young. You know, they they raised me together in a Christian home. Like, it, you know, I I didn't I didn't have to deal with that. And so, because we're being raised in these different environments with these different factors that weigh in on like who we're going to be. Like, it's we're all going to come at this in a different way. <clears throat> and and so, for us, it is. You know, it is not not making it this simple one shoe fits all, but understanding the nuance and the complexity, you know, that we that we all come up in. And 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 again, not trying to control everybody around us so that they find the same thing that we find. But because of the fact that they're going to come at it from a different direction, we're going to see it through their lens, through their eyes as well. And it's going to create a beauty for us that, 
you know, about the gospel, about life, about marriage, about raising kids, that we a perspective we would never would have saw without without their eyes, without their heart, without their, you know, without their background. But then the other side of that is like there are going to be people that are handed a deck that just decimates them. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, you're seeing this in schools with some of these kids, you know, the life that they've been handed. And like, we have to take that into consideration. You know, if, if you you watch, you watch a good parent, if they have a bad kid who gets all the attention, is it their good kid? Nope. No. It's the bad kid. Why? It we're we're um you know, we're we're putting our energies towards the problem. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh and th- is that fair? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it makes sense. But but now look at now look at the school system and some of these kids. Is that happening? Because in a bad situation, the energies aren't being dumped towards these kids that need it. You know, we're giving extracurriculars and we're giving, you know, um, these specialty classes to the kids that are really, you know, really talented, really popular, really smart. You know, they're the ones that are being encouraged to go do these things. And these kids are are getting less and less of our time and energy. And I can tell you as a society, as a culture, we are setting ourselves up for failure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you've read Keith Wasserman's book. Yes. So if you remember, Keith was the guy we interviewed um, in Athens a, a couple months ago. Uh, and I, both, both Kevin and I have been reading through his book and he has a whole chapter in his book, um, or half of a chapter, one of the two, but either way, he has a whole section in his book devoted to power dynamics as leaders. Hmm. And I think he's got a really interesting take on it. You know, when, when you hold some sort of leadership position, you have some sort of, uh, either total control or perceived control over somebody. There's a lot of power in that. Absolutely. A lot of power. Yeah. Because you hold some sort of grip. You hold some sort of like, uh, well, power over them in some way, right? You're holding them by the wrist, holding them by the neck. So, you know, like, I think we could get into this conversation of like grace versus control. How much, because, you know, in certain instances, like Keith running, you know, uh, a shelter, for people who are without homes, like there's a lot of power there and there needs to be some sort of control in ways. Absolutely. But then you need to balance grace with that. That's right, man. And I I see it every day as a teacher and coach, man, like, okay, maybe this kid did something bad. Okay. Do I show him grace? Do I, do I exhibit some sort of, of power over him to let him know that, Hey, this is wrong, man. That's a tough spot. Well, Let's break it down even further. Um, you see it every day in your home if you're a parent. Right, yeah. You see it every day in your home if you have a wife or a husband, mm-hmm. you know. Um, uh, and you see it every day in your life if you have a friend. You know, you know whether you 
realize you're doing it. And I would just say, like, if you're listening to this, try to pay attention to where you're doing it. We know how to manipulate other people. Um, Absolutely. And so that comes with, you know, on a much smaller scale than what Keith is referring to, it comes to, you know, the fact that we have control over certain people. Um, and and so how are we going to handle that? Are we going to... There are times where you have to step in and say, absolutely not, this is not okay, this is unacceptable, clean it up. And then there are other times like we got to understand like it's not that easy and 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 demonstrate a love and forgiveness and mercy and we, grace. We wish it was that easy. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> right? navigating that, you're right, is extremely hard. I, I, I think it's why parenting... Because we, we never truly know what what situation a person's coming through. That's right. Even if we talk to them for an hour about it, we get their whole life story. We, we don't know. Right. So. And I, you know, again, I think, you know, one of the, the, the best ways that we can learn this to a degree is, is with our own children, you know? I mean, because I mean, it is a constant navigation. You know, last night I get home, I'm tired. I'm just like, get these kids in bed. But but when I'm when I'm sitting there and I'm focused on them and I'm, you know, and I'm doing the things that I should, like, I know, like, when Paul doesn't listen, he's going he's going to have to he's going to have to know. Hey, listen, like, you can't do that. You have to pay attention. You have to listen. You know, but Nora, she always listens. Like really, like she's very rarely doesn't listen. But with Nora, she can get caught up in image too much. She can get caught up in um, following the rules too much. So Nora, you know, with Paul, That's it's it. hey, yeah. you need to follow the rules. With Nora, it's hey, listen, you don't need to be so caught up in following the rules. Like <laughs> it's just a completely different yeah, yeah. animal, you know, with them. And so you're navigating this, you know, this relationship in such a way that you're trying to, you know, help this child get to a place that is healthy and good where God is central in their life. And, you know, that that can be an extremely difficult thing, but an extremely beautiful journey. And I think it's with it's but that's just I think the simplest form to see the bigger picture of all the ways that we have control that we need to use that to bless. But at the end of the day, and and this is the thing that I've said so often, you know, I I have a job as a minister to get up and preach a good message and to, to motivate and move people in a certain direction. And that is a lot of responsibility. At the end of the day, I, I do that. I do that to the best of my ability. And then... I don't worry about it after that because, mm-hmm. you know, even Paul says, hey, listen, I planted the seed, Apollos watered, but God brought the increase. So I can plant the seed, I can water it, but at the end of the day, like, I'm not the one that makes that grow. Like, it's God in somebody's life. And so, like, I, the, the Church of Christ, when, when I first got here, the Leesburg Church of Christ, when I first got here, it was all about control and manipulation, that sounds horrible and it wasn't it wasn't bad motives like it wasn't because they were these horrible people it was it was you know a group of people who thought like we have to control this because if they do this then they're going to go down this path and if they do this they're going to go down this path and it's we have to keep them right here and they have to stay right here well how did you get there 
is the question you ask. Right. Well, you went down these other paths and you discovered that this is the most important thing that you can do in your life, but you want to eliminate the ability for other people to do that, for God to to, to bring the increase. You want to bring the increase. That's what we're doing when we control that in other people. It's not fair. It's not okay. It's not okay with our spouse. It's not okay with our kids. God will navigate. God will deal with them. God can deal with their inside stuff, the stuff that you can only, you know, kind of from the outside poke and prod. Like, he he can move that. He can transform that. And, and I think that's where we get, you know, so, so caught up in controlling our own lives and other people's lives, you know, and, and, and allowing all these other things to dictate what we're doing when all it is is noise and we need to lean into who we are and who God made us to be. God made me to be someone who spoke about him who encourages and loves others and helps them see him more clearly. But at the end of the day, if they decide to go to another place, I'm not going to carry that. That's not on me. Right. Because God may be taking them through a season where they need to be somebody else, somewhere else because you know they need to grow into something else that I can't give them. And that's okay. I'm not, I'm not Jesus. I'm not God. I don't have to be all those things to all people. you know. Um, and I think it's embracing that. It's so freeing when we do. I, uh, I forget what book, I read a book, it was a while ago, I forget what even the name of it was, that's pathetic, but anyway, um, he says in the book, our attempt at control looks pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> like, he just straight out came and said it, like, he's like, I meet people that's a ghetto that blast come, right there. Yeah, I know. He, he's like, I meet people who have been in the church their whole lives. They Then they end up at my church that I preach at, and they're trying to exhibit control within a church atmosphere or within uh, you know, a group of followers, and I can't help but to think it is absolutely pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, man. I, <laughs> tell us what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, essentially, I mean, what I think he means is, you know, in the grand scheme of things, God, the omnipotent being that contr- that truly controls everything, is <laughs> he's the one in charge, man. Yeah. Your your attempt at being God is pathetic. <laughs> yes, and and that is uh, the truest thing you can say. It is the attempt at being in control is pathetic, and that is there's so many times I I, I remember. One of the the biggest lessons God taught me on control. I showed up uh, to preach a sermon, and you know, just that week, you know, just I I felt like I'd really let God down in in in, in a lot of different ways. And I show up, and I'm like, you know, Lord, no one's going to show up this week because I sinned, because I'm a failure, and no one's going to. This message is just going to fall on deaf ears because I haven't been spiritually good enough. I mean, that's what's going through my mind. And the Lord says, so you think it's up to you. That's, you? A, that's a good thought, Kevin. But yeah. uh, You think it's up to you? You think that you're the reason they're here? You think that you're the reason that their life is going to you know, grow and change and transform and reform and restore and all those things? Do you think it's up to you? Do you really think it's, it rides on you? Ha, 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 you know? Yeah. And it just, there's so so many times where that's happened in my life where God has just put me in my place. It goes back to, it's exactly what you said. Your, your uh, attempt at control is pathetic. It's pathetic. I'm the only one that can do this and do it well. Yeah. 
and and when you embrace that it 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 frees you to be who you were meant to be you know to be the husband that you were meant to be to be the wife that you were meant to be to be the the mother the daughter the caregiver you know the friend the employee the employer you know whatever it is um and and that's an extremely beautiful thing. Yeah. Man, I, I feel like we could talk about that a lot. I think one week we just need to talk about, you know, dynamics within a leadership position. I know we kind of talked with like, you know, the superintendents a little mm-hmm. while yeah. ago, but yeah. maybe getting someone else in here to kind of get their perspective I, on I think, you know, that control versus grace versus... I, there, I've got a friend who's been working with the church very closely here lately. His name's Keith Wilson. He'd be great for that. Um, I've got another friend who's a professor at, was a professor at St. Christian University working for an organization in Cincinnati now. And I mean, he's he'd be great talking about those things as well. So, yeah, I agree. I, I think this is something to explore, you know, more deeply, um, you know, because I, I think it has a lot of value for our lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, Kevin, do you have any other thoughts on the topic? I any got other lots closing? of thoughts, man. Yeah, I know. Any <laughs> any closing remarks, though? No, I, I, I would leave it at that. You know, yeah. just, you know, that... <laughs> that we're all pathetic. <laughs> that we're all a bunch of losers. <laughs> Embrace Jeez, man. the fact that you're a loser and your life will go well. <laughs> Jesus loves you. <laughs> uh Good stuff, man. Now, I, I think that conversation can lead down a, a lot of rabbit holes. Um, I think it's another. It's something that we need to keep talking about and bring in some different perspectives on it, and yeah. just see where it leads. Right? Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, well, I think we'll go ahead and end here. Um, who day? Who day? Uh, Kevin, you, you want to end us in prayer? Absolutely. Maybe leave out the who day part. Oh, in, in the prayer. In the prayer. Yeah, but okay. we, we can say it again. Did so. You do know in the Bible, a lot of rams get slaughtered, right? I was really hoping you were going to say it's in like First Joshua. They say who day? <laughs> no, no, no. The rams get slaughtered in the Bible. So that's true. That's true. I think it's foreshadowing. Not yeah, yeah. Not heresy. We're not like taking it out of context or anything. <laughs> <laughs> let's pray it's foreshadowing father we uh we love you and thank you for your son jesus um we thank you that um that you made a way lord that that being in control um being sovereign omnipotent omniscient uh that 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 you made a way for us to come into relationship with you and to really discover, understand, and be able to embrace who we are. We are your children. And because of that, we've been given authority and power to go, um, to disciple, um, to share the message of hope um, that frees people from the bondage uh, of sin and self and control that incapacitates us for what we were truly made for, God. And so I pray that we can learn to embrace that more and more as we seek you and allow the gospel to go deeper into our hearts. We love you and thank you for your son, Jesus. And it's his name we pray. Amen. 
Amen. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening in. We'll come back at you here in a couple weeks. Woo! Woo! Um, and we'll be talking about a Bengals victory! Who day? All right, guys. We'll leave you on that. Who day? Kevin, anything else? I look real good today. <laughs> okay, definitely going to leave. See you guys. Have a good week. <laughs>